This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Look, we've all been down the path of integration, normalization, and operationalizing our security data. The common theme is a traditional SIM can't keep up, which is why we say run Panther. Panther normalizes your security data and integrates into your security operations pipeline to provide complete visibility across your environment. Panther is a cloud-native security analytics platform built for engineers by engineers. Learn more by visiting runpanther.io. Thank you, Panther, for sponsoring this episode. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Hacker Valley Studio podcast. For anyone that listens, you know that we love speaking to guests that are striving to make an impact. And that's exactly what our guest this episode has a mission to do, make the biggest impact however they can. Our guest this episode is Ken Underhill. Ken is a friend of the podcast. We've been on his TV show. I think everyone's going to enjoy this episode. Let's jump right into it. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. I'm excited because we get to speak to someone we know and love, a true motivator and supporter. In the studio today, we have Ken Underhill, cybersecurity executive and producer and host of Cyber Life TV show. Ken, it's always a pleasure and honor to speak to you. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Chris and Ron, for having me. And, and again, thanks for hopping on that Cyber Life uh, TV show episode you guys did. Really awesome episode. Absolutely, Ken. That was a first for us. It was a fantastic experience and love the product that came out afterwards. But for the folks that don't know who you are just yet, we'd love to hear a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. Yeah, so I'm actually president of the United States. And, uh, <laughs> oh, okay, congrats. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have an interesting, I guess, uh, sort of journey to cyber, a little traditional. I started out in IT way back in the dot-com days, so now you know kind of my age. And then I uh, transitioned over to more healthcare stuff, got out of the tech industry stuff, went in the military for a while, and uh, came back out, worked as a nurse, pediatric nurse for a number of years, and then just got sick of the IT department. I was like, you guys suck. And so I said, let me go back into tech. And so I went back into healthcare IT and eventually tacked on. It was a smaller company, so tacked on uh, various analyst type of stuff, network security, eventually moved into pen testing. And then uh, a few years back, I started uh, teaching online, uh, mostly to kind of help people out, to help people learn different topics. Uh, when, you, when you create content for the first time online, you usually will get some haters. I had a lot of people tell me I sucked uh, and uh, thought about stopping. But uh, one, one message in particular, and this actually wasn't a tech course. This was a, a basic like kind of health course, like eat nutrition and stuff like that. And uh, this guy from overseas, Spain or someplace, he was... And he had found my course. It was a free course and took it. He had been diagnosed with uh, cancer or something. Anyways, a little, uh, he needed a liver transplant or he had a liver transplant. Yeah. And then he, he was body was basically rejecting the liver is the story he told me. Uh, they told him you got six months to live or less. You're, you know, you're, you're basically screwed, buddy. And he wanted to see his daughter graduate high school. I think it was, it was around the same time. Like if he had lived six months and then died, maybe he would have got to see her, maybe not type of thing. 
So he was determined, like, I want to watch my kid walk across stage. And so he found, found my course, took it. I knew nothing about this. And then uh, one day I decided to, I, I was tired of the haters, right? I was like, you know what? F you all. <laughs> uh, and, and so I got, the, I, I, something was like, check this, check your messages on this platform just one more time. And so I checked the messaging, you know, and there was probably at least 150, you know, a-holes sending me like, you suck, you know, burn in hell, and, you know, all these things. And, uh, but then there was this message from a guy named Miguel uh, and that's this guy. And so I read through that and he was talking about how he, you know, he thanked me for the course. He said, I really broke down things that were confusing him. You know, he found thousands of websites. I mean, there's so much information out there online and he's like, it was just all confusing to me. And then I found your course and you like broke it down. It made sense, you know, and you, you kept it very basic. And just like if I was having a conversation with you and he said, I would just want to let you know, I just watched my daughter walk across the stage this past week. Uh, thank you so much. You know, whatever. Um, you know, and I'm not a crybaby. I mean, you know, but come on, that, that that makes you tear up a little bit when you hear things like that a little bit, you know, even though I was hard, you know, in my muscle shirt and, and everything. But, uh, but you know, that, that right there, let me know that I was really having an impact and that I may not always hear stories of people like Miguel about the impact I had. A recent example is, is a guy I was talking to uh, and talking about something else on, and he spent a few minutes just thanking me. And he had transitioned from IT to cyber and used one of my courses over on a platform to learn uh, pen testing and stuff like that as he was going through the Western Governors University, which many of us has gone through their master's program over there. And so I would say that's a long way to introduce myself, but that's kind of the canon in a nutshell and why I do what I do. I did not know about your background in the nursing industry. I didn't, I didn't know that you were a pediatric nurse. This course that you were referring to, this was not a cybersecurity course, right? Right. Yeah. This was a, a very basic health course. It was really just, here's what vitamins are. Here's minerals. Here's like some healthy foods you should eat. I mean, it was, it was literally stuff you could Google. And I was like, let me put a free course out there and just kind of teach and see, see if anyone likes it. Uh, and most people hated it, but, uh, but this guy liked it, which is all that matters. That's all you need is one. That That is great. What sparked your interest in health? It sounds like you really doubled down in the healthcare industry. It sounds like maybe you had some interest in helping people from a bedside manner perspective. You did nursing and then you worked in cybersecurity in the healthcare. Where did that interest come from? Total selfishness. So I was, uh, when I worked at the dot-com way back in the day, I met this paramedic and she was cute and I was trying to hit on her. So I met her at ATM <laughs> and I was trying to hit on her and I was asking her about paramedic stuff. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I was just trying to hit on her and she wasn't totally not interested in it. So I, I, you know, I had bad game back then, but I found it interesting. Some of the things she told me, I was like, oh, that sounds fun. And then uh, when the dot-com kind of blew up, you know, cause it was a crappy dot-com idea anyways. So I moved back to the Midwest where I'm originally from I won't say where, because I'm sure there's somebody trying to social engineer and do OSINT on this, but I, I moved back to the Midwest and I obviously was broke still at the time. That's kind of the broke period of my life it was still going on. So I, I decided to go in the military. I was kind of interested in the health thing, the paramedic thing, especially. I noticed that back home, a lot of the, the, the women that I wanted to date at the time we're all hanging all over the firefighter paramedics like, Ooh, he's so cute and stuff. So I was like, you know, I had kind of that, that dusty guy mindset back, back in the day. And obviously I've evolved since then, but uh, <laughs> so, so that would, that's what led me to go in the military. I had an appointment with the air force. They didn't show up. The Navy was my backup plan. Uh, they weren't in that day. You know, who really wants to, to join the Marines except for Chris. And so, uh, <laughs> so the army was there. And so I joined, I joined the army. They, you know, they said, Oh yeah, we can, we can get you an EMT. Uh, and so I did that. And then I also uh, conned them into uh, or strategically negotiated them into also adding in 
nursing on there because I wanted to get a, a job. I started realizing when I was in the service that back home, there weren't really any paramedic jobs, even though there were some, they weren't open. You know, these guys were in there for like 20 years or whatever, and they didn't give their jobs up. So I, I found nursing was one of the things that there was openings. Uh, when I got into nursing, I realized why, because I, I think it sucks, but, <laughs> but I did it for a number of years. I found uh, as a, when I came out of the service, I worked originally in cardiology with adults, electrophysiology, so the pacemakers, defibrillators. I then kind of did like hospice, crisis care stuff on the side, watching, you know, old people die as they do. I did that also for a while, kind of on the side, but I moved into pediatrics and mostly because I found that adults whine like punks and it's all their fault anyways, right? They've eaten cheeseburgers for 50 years and now they want to whine that their arteries are clogged. So I was like, you know what? Kids, like they're kids, right? Like they didn't ask to have this condition or, or whatever. And so what I found with, with kids is that they're, they're just, they're, I mean, they're kids, right? They're, they're going to play video games. They're going to do these things and they don't let the, the, whatever disease they have or condition really stop them. Like, I, I can't do a Rubik's cube. Like I suck, but like these kids with like special needs that were like paralyzed in their bed and could just move their arms. Cause like, bam, 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 you know, the Rubik's cube in five seconds. I'm like, God, you know, teach me, <laughs> you know, but you know, that's what I found in pediatrics is I enjoyed it more because I felt like I was, uh, you know, helping the kids. And, and for anyone that's ever been in the military and deployed in other countries, you kind of see how good we have it in the U.S., especially the kids in the U.S., how good they have it for the most part. Uh, and so I, I just kind of wanted to to help in my own way without having to, you know, <laughs> go to war. You know, it's no fun to, to get shot at. So the pediatric stuff was a way I could do that. And then, like I said before, I, I just kind of got tired when I was working in the hospice part of that a little bit. It's still on the side. I got tired of the the IT people, I, I just felt like they didn't, they didn't really care. It was probably just that IT team where there's, you know, there's some people out there like that. They're just in it to try to earn some money. But I just, I just felt like I could do a better job. I was already kind of doing their job because other, because I was technical. So other nurses and, and other people, doctors and stuff were coming to me, asking me the questions on things and because they, they never responded and stuff. And so I just, I just decided like, well, let me, let me go back into it. You know, I think, I think the tech side kind of blends in my interest and it's still in healthcare or whatever. And the cyber thing just kind of happened. You know, it wasn't, I, I, I mean, it, cyber, I don't even think was a term when I started doing this stuff, you know, I started doing network security and, and building infrastructures and, and architectures and stuff. And, uh, and, and so I just kind of, I just kind of transitioned into doing things as I needed to do them. Um, so there wasn't, I didn't go through like a school or anything like that. I in fact was doing cyber before I ever went for cyber degrees and like when I did the C, the EC council certifications, which when I did the, the masters at WGU, they required some of those certs and I had already been doing that stuff. So I just like bought a book and passed it, you know, just to see what was on the exam, like the CEH, for example, I was already doing pen testing, so I didn't have to, to try to study or whatever. And, and I'm not saying that that's the way you should do it. You know, if you're trying to go for certs like that, definitely study and prepare. But for me, that's, I guess I, I kind of had a traditional route into cyber and I kind of had a non-traditional route into cyber in some capacity because I wasn't like a lot of people like, oh, I'm going to be in cyber. Like it just kind of happened for me. Let's get back to the content. You know, you did content in health and now you're doing content in cybersecurity. Where did that that drive to produce content come from? Yeah, the, the entire goal initially was to hack Ron's computer, uh, which which <laughs> was not successful. He's he's pretty good. Uh, no, the, I mean the transition really was. I started putting out the cyber stuff in in the master's program at WGU, and it was uh, to help people because 
at that time, they still had, you had to take the CHFI, the forensic exam from EC Council as part of the requirement to graduate. And literally like everybody was failing that thing. I mean, two, three, four times taking it, failing it, like nobody could figure it out. And I failed it the first time. You know, I second guess myself, stuff like that. But I was like, all right, after I failed it the first time, I was like, well, I literally have two weeks to to get them to reissue my voucher and schedule it and to like take this thing. So I got to make it happen. And that's kind of how I've, I've been good in life with things like that. And so I, I created, uh, I worked with uh, someone else that had created some notes and took those. I kind of added to those with my notes and then created some practice questions that I pushed out there and just kind of like shared. Uh, and so the, the, the first cyber courses were actually just practice tests that people found helpful because it helped you kind of narrow down. That's why I created kind of the, the courses to help people. And with that, all of a sudden people started passing the exam. You know, I'm not saying that I was the direct thing there, but I think I helped people, uh, and at least from the feedback I got and everything. So that kind of led to more courses a few years ago, three years ago, maybe now or so, I, I uh, was going to create courses for a place called Cybrary, which some people might be familiar with. And so I uh, decided to create some courses for them over there. I have some other stuff over on like places like Udemy and stuff like that. But yeah, that's kind of how I made the transition. It was more of, I was already working kind of in tech and cyber, and then I decided to uh, to just help people. And I think that's a key point, right? Your focus, if you're going to create content or anything like that, it, it shouldn't be, if you focus on, it's interesting. I'll talk about polarity here real quick. Money is a positive uh, polarity, like the thought of money. And, you know, we're kind of like any other thought is kind of a positive polarity. So if I'm trying to get money and all I think about is money, if you think of a magnet, if, if you got two positives, they're going to repel each other. So if I, if I constantly think about money and my only focus is like a lot of people trying to do stuff online, it's money, money, money. I got to get money. Uh, if, if I only focus on that, I'll like, I'll never get the money, right? I will never get the money that I want to get. And I, and I won't, you know, until I realize the polarity aspect, I'll, I'll never realize why I'm still broke, right? Because when I was broke, I, I would constantly focus on money all the time. Money, 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 money. When, especially when I was homeless. I was like, money, 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 money. And I, I would never get money, right? I'm, I'm homeless. <laughs> so, yeah, I want money. Uh, and so when I realized the polarity aspect, when I learned that, I read some book, I can't remember which one, but I, I, I learned the polarity aspect of it. And I started focusing on value. And so how can I give value? I stopped thinking about myself and I thought, well, how can I help others, right? And what kind of value can I give others? And so that was the whole premise behind the health course, which that one was a free course and others I put out and the cyber stuff. And, and that's kind of my, that's, that's really my focus in life in general is how can I deliver value? And you don't always, it's interesting because a lot of the, the online gurus out there, right? The way they train is like, you got to charge everybody for everything under the sun, right? You put out a, put out a, you know, a report, charge people five bucks or because they're desperate for money because they suck at it. Right. So the reality is you can put out a lot of stuff for free to give value to people. And at some point in the future, that always comes back to you. Right. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the law of reciprocity, but at some point in the future, that's always going to come back to you. Mm -hmm. Whatever good that you're doing out there, whatever value you're giving to others, it may not come in the form of money. It might just come in a form of a thank you from a person like Miguel on a day when you're feeling really crappy and you're about to stop doing what you're doing. And that keeps you going and helps you even help more people throughout the years. So it, a number of ways it can manifest itself. But a key there to take away from this entire thing I've been rambling about here is focus on giving value to others and helping them. And you will... 
honestly, unless you're a total idiot with your money, you'll never have an issue with, with your finances and can at a certain point in your life. Well, it's usually not instant, but at some point you'll, you'll have finances. You'll be comfortable. Value. That's something that's understated in the world today. And now I think is a perfect spot to talk about the future. It seems like you found your purpose in delivering valuable content and information and wisdom to people around the world. What is the ultimate intent? Where are you looking to go with all the content that you're producing? What is the dream there? So I do a thing that I read in a book. It's funny. I, I, I do this thing and I, I recently read it in a book and I was like, oh, I've been doing that for, for years. So there's this concept called the life video, right? And so basically you think, you think through kind of like a, a 30 second video or so, or maybe a minute, whatever, but you basically get a picture in your mind or, and you can write it down of exactly what you want your life to look like in, let's just say 10 years right? Everything. I mean, I'm talking like down to the detail, pick like three, three major areas. Cause humans, we don't, we can't really focus on more than three things at a time. So for example, like I may focus the three things on relationships, right? Relationships with friends, families, you know, business partners, whatever. Another thing I may focus on is myself, you know, so making sure I'm physically fit and eating right and all that stuff. And maybe another thing is business success or, Hey, I've got this great job in a company or whatever, whatever the three things are, it's, it's different for other people. You have to figure that out for yourself. But what you do with that then is you start visualizing exactly what that looks like, right? So, so for example, let's say in 10 years, you, you know, Chris, you want to just be in the yard playing with the kids and hanging with the wife or whatever. Visualize what does that day look like? Is it raining? Is it sunny? Are you barbecuing? Is Ron over there hacking your computer? Like what's going on, right? So you, that's kind of the visualization. So getting back to me for a moment, my main focus is having an impact. Right. And whether that's through cyber or other trainings, because I have other things uh, that I that I work on as well. I'll back up for a second here and I'll talk about numerology. There's, there's a good book on numerology called Numerology and the Divine Triangle. If you look up numerology and the divine triangle on Amazon, you can or wherever else you should be able to find what I'm talking about. But I bought this book like like a some one year and like I did nothing with it. I kind of looked through it. The book is about numerology is about taking like your name and, and birth year and things like that and kind of doing math, essentially. And from there, you'll be able to kind of determine like what's going to happen, like what are you kind of intended to do really at kind of a high level and also like what's your life sort of going to look like and, and things like that, right? And you can kind of see what's going to happen year to year. Um, may sound hocus pocus. That's fine. Just bear with me for, for a moment here. But, but essentially I bought this book. I really didn't understand what I was doing. Went through a couple chapters, did some calculations. I was like, Oh, okay. And I didn't really understand any of it. But as I evolved as an individual, I came back to the book maybe a year after that. And I, I like really looked through it, really figured out. And I realized I totally sucked at the, the math the previous year. I was like, Oh, that I did that all wrong. That's why, that's why it didn't look that good. Okay. Now it looks better. Oh, great. Great. And so I went through this book and then in the book, it also kind of tells you like, okay, here's your number. And it gives you kind of a rundown of what, what to expect overall in your life, what to expect that year, et cetera. When I learned how to effectively do the calculations and do them right, what I realized when I reflected back on, on the, like the current year I was in the year before and kind of the things in life and where it aligned to and what I was working on, I was like, oh, this, this is literally 100% accurate. It was kind of shocking to that. So long story short, uh, the goal is going back to the impact, right? And, and, the, and it's not, I guess it's weird in the aspect of it's not a, 
a specific number, right? Like I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I'm going to help 20 million people or 50 million people or, or 1 million people or whatever. I already crossed that one. But like, I, I don't, I don't put a limit on it because I feel that as long as I focus on as people come to me or ask questions or I see that I can help them, if I do that, I'm having that impact. And that's kind of a ripple effect, right? You throw the stone in the pond and it, it gives that ripple effect all throughout the pond. I, I feel like I'm kind of doing that, or at least that's my purpose is to do that throughout the world where I can is throw the Ken stone which you can, you'll be able to buy for $10,000 on Amazon soon. Uh, but you throw this te- the Ken Stone in the pond and kind of create the ripple effect of helping a lot more people. So getting back to kind of, you know, so what's my point with all that, right? The, the point is that my long-term goal is really what I'm working on now. It's just to have as big of impact, as big of positive impact. Because if I was a bad guy, I could probably have a really negative impact. But having a positive impact as much as I can. And that's what really drives me. And that's my thing, right? Other people, they've got other things. Maybe it's to get the yacht or the, the private jet or, or whatever they, they determine success looks like for them. It might just be getting home at five o'clock and being able to play with the kids every day. Whatever it is, your, your success is going to be different. But for me, that allows me flexibility. So when I say I, my goal is the impact to others, I, that could be cyber. It, I mean, right now it is. It could be, you know, Chris and I, before the podcast, we're talking about like credit and credit repair and stuff like that. It could be that. It could be, you know, maybe I can learn how to dance and be a dancer like Chris was, you know, it'd be cool like that or whatever, you know, but it could be that way, right? It kind of opens you up, right? At least it opens me up to so many ways that I can have the impact. So I'm not limited to just one industry or field, but that's, that's like a, I think probably like a 10 minute answer to your question, Chris, which the, the thing, the, you know, the thing driving me long-term, the long-term goal is really just continuing to have that massive positive impact, you know, and when you do that and not focusing on money or anything like that, like everything else falls into place. When you, when you, when you figure out that main puzzle piece in the puzzle, everything else will kind of fall into place. So that that's for me what I'm working on. That's where I'm continuing to go. It's it's a journey. It'll continue the rest of my life, even when I sit myself down from so many different things, and and just you know I'll still be having that impact in some capacity. So that's uh that's me. That's that's what I'm working on. Right, and, and you know what? We all start with thinking about money, especially as a youth, or living with their parents, or even in a more. Uh, dramatic situation. You might be living on your own, out of a car, whatever it is. You know, money is always a driving factor that starts that flame. It's like, how do I make it? Maybe you find an industry where you can make an impact in order to ultimately make a monetary gain. And I think that's exactly what you're describing. You found something that you were passionate about, educating others. And that's really um, a passion for Chris and I also is educating others, not just by speaking, teaching, but by also sharing the stories of others. And it sounds like you found a gap that existed. There was no courses for a specific topic, no courses for even learning about vitamins at that time, but you created a piece of content out of it. And it makes me think about how some people are learners. And we talked about this quite a bit on the podcast. But for me, you know, I'm a visual learner, I need to see something, I need to speak with someone and I need to perform an action in order to learn something new. And it's not really by reading, I don't really get much value out of reading books. So I'm sure you're providing great impact to anyone who is a visual learner, who is an auditory learner. Um, You know, and when you think of that impact, 
what kind of things would you recommend for people in cybersecurity, whether they're focused on the money or they're focused on the skill? What is that path that someone can take to kind of start walking towards impact? So I think there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with money, right? Like when I was broke, I helped nobody. I literally helped nobody because I was broke. Like I grew up extremely poor and homeless a few times in, in life. I'm telling you as someone that, that grew up extremely poor and, and literally went sometimes weeks without food. Yes, money is important. That being said, it shouldn't be the driving factor. So for someone out there, your question directly, Ron, of, okay, maybe I'm focused on money or maybe I'm, I want to help people. A lot of people want to help and give back and help with the skills. You have to figure out like what way kind of works for you, right? Like for me, as an example, I'm working on a book right now with uh, Pact Publishing and you put me in front of a computer to type and like I, I'll, I'll draw a blank, right? I'll get distracted. That's just how my brain works. But if I speak the content and then I, you know, just transcribe it for me, that works. Right. So for me, I can write books that way. I can't just sit down and like write a book. I, like I, I'll never get the book done. You, 12 years from now, Ron will be finally buying the book. So for me, I have to, I had to figure out what works for me now. Online courses, they, they take a lot of work. I found for me that practice makes perfect. So I would say for someone out there, and this, I, this just seems like such a generic answer, but it's kind of the best one, <laughs> the best one is you have to test a few things. So let's say that you think that you want to give back, you want to create some content. I would say start, I always start with the cheapest route, the, the lowest, lowest cost route. So I would say start with like LinkedIn or maybe YouTube or something. Like if you're, if you feel that even if you don't want to be on camera, but you feel that you could screen record going through something, I don't know, just pop in a box or something on Vulnhub or whatever, or hack the box. If you can, if you can pop a box and talk people through it while we're screen recording, then, then great. Right. That's great. Put that out there. That There's your content right there. You don't have to be on camera. I think that's a, a misconception. A lot of people have, I totally sucked on camera when, when I first started out and lighting was terrible. I mean, you could barely see me in the room and, and, you know, I totally sucked, but practice makes perfect. If you're going to do video stuff, just understand you're going to suck initially. That's okay. People are going to tell you you suck. Ignore them because going back to what we, what we talked about earlier in the podcast, there's a Miguel out there that needs you, right? Or a Sarah or a Tamika or whatever, right? There's someone out there that, that can only learn from you. In my opinion, you're selfish as heck if you just sit there on your gift, right? Every single one of us has a gift, right? Ron and Chris are really great with the podcast and, and talking about different cyber things. They're really great at that, right? That's a gift, Imagine if Ron and Chris were selfish and were like, eh, well, I'm not going to help anyone. Oh, it's too much work to do a podcast or whatever. How many people would not be getting in cyber or be effective in their cyber career because of that? So one, don't be selfish. Every single one of us has a gift and every single one of us has a group of people that can only learn from us. Because when I first put the cyber stuff out, especially around like hacking or pen testing, thousands of people had courses on that stuff. I mean, there's a dime a dozen. But certain people can only learn from me, just like certain people can only learn from Chris or Ron or Keith Adams, or Adrian Cantrell, who teaches AWS Cloud, any number of people out there that are teaching, the people can only learn from you. So number one, stop being selfish. Use your gifts to help other people and get out of your own way. I guess number two, get out of your own way. A lot of times we talk ourselves out of it. Like um, Chris and I were talking about that. A lot of things I thought, like even with the TV show, I thought people wouldn't like the episodes with the kids where I kind of showed them some things like lockpicking and stuff. 
I was like, yeah, people are probably going to think that sucks. Those are like the favorite episodes of people. And I was like, oh, this, this is going to suck, but everyone else thinks it's awesome. So you're never going to know really until you put it out. I mean, like Chris brought up earlier, uh, right before the episode, a lot of musical artists, they record a song. They're like, oh, I hate this song or whatever. That's their number one hit. Everyone knows it for that. Like, ah, you know, Beyonce, ah, and they sing the song or whatever. So you just figure out the way to deliver the value that works best for you. That might be a podcast because you're introverted like me. You don't want to get on camera. Now I'm a lot better on it because I forced myself. You just have to figure out, it might be writing books. Some people like to write books. Some people like to publish white papers. Some people write to, like to write blog posts. Whatever the way is, you just kind of have to get out there and do it for you to figure out what works best for you, right? And then let basically let the marketplace tell you like, oh, we like this, we hate this, and then adjust. So your first stuff you put out might be really crappy and there's going to be haters, but understand that there's also going to be people like Chris, Ron, myself, uh, Tia Hopkins, Mary Galloway, you know, a number of people that will see your content and offer you pointers and advice and say, hey, you know, your lighting, you, you could probably improve it. One of the things I do is I use this type of lighting, right? Or I do this, or uh, one of the things to block out noise from the neighbor's dog is I'll, I'll hang up a blanket around where I record at. So it blocks out a lot of that that noise in the background. So you don't have to do a lot of editing after the fact. So there will be people, and I had those people when I started out that, that gave me that advice that helped me. A lot more will hate on you. A lot more will hate on you, but just stay persistent. That's great advice. It makes me think that there's someone out there that feels like they do have that gift that you were talking about and they want to share it with the world and they want to make that impact. And they're, they're doing what you're saying. They're, they're trying to find that medium but sometimes it's hard to find that connection with your audience. What piece of advice would you have for those folks that are looking for that medium and also looking for how to connect best with the people that they intend that information for? Be your Number one, be your authentic self. Because if you try to be somebody or not in whatever content you put out, your audience that's really intended for you isn't going to respond to that. Uh, like, like for example, anyone that follows me on LinkedIn, you see me uh, joke about my cat and stuff like that, because that's me, right? That that's that's my personality. Is kind of let's let's lay back or whatever. Cyber is a stressful career. It doesn't matter what you work in cyber. You're gonna be you're gonna deal with some stress. I'm not gonna sugarcoat stuff for anyone that's listening to this and not working in industry. Like it's it's stressful, and you're gonna have to grow up and put your you know big person pants on. So I try to keep it as light as possible. Be your authentic self. That's the only way you're going to connect with your audience. The second thing I would say is, going back to what I mentioned earlier, it's not about you. No one cares about you. So it's more about what does your audience actually want? A way to do that, I mean, go go on YouTube or Google and just kind of search, like, what are, what are people asking questions on, right? Or think about what are questions you had when you got into cyber? Maybe you had questions on, like, what one of the main ones I get is, what way should I go? What job should I get? What career should I pursue? So if that was a question you had when you were thinking about getting into cyber, now you're working in cyber and you want to give back, think about, okay, well, how did you make that decision? Like what, what made you go, let's just say the forensics route and now you're working in forensics full time, or what made you become a pen tester? What made you be an analyst? Why, why did you be going to GRC and focus on the risk side of things? Like what, what made you go down that path? How did you make that decision? And then just film a video on that. Do a little research on what people want. And you still might be wrong. You still may put out stuff and nobody cares. Nobody's following you. Nobody's caring about that, whatever. And that's fine. The other thing, going back to the persistence, is sometimes, 
especially when you're dealing with social media platforms, you're dealing with the algorithms. I'll get one post. I had one post I did last week that, I don't know, 20 something thousand or maybe 30,000 now views, hundreds of comments, engagements, whatever. Right. And then the next post gets like five people, you know, engaging with it and just liking it or whatever. So you're dealing with algorithms as well. So even people that you might look up to online, like celebrities like Chris and Ron, not every post is going to take off. None of us are Gary V, where we've got a whole marketing team behind us and they're doing all this stuff and they're making sure we're you know putting out 900 videos a day and all this stuff. Most of us have a life. We have families. We have the cyber career. We don't have time to put out 900 pieces of content a day and neither do you usually. So that's a long way of saying don't compare yourself to others either. But you also have to be persistent, right? Going back to that, you have to be persistent. A post I did like, Two years ago, somebody engaged with all of a sudden out of the blue, they saw the content and they engaged with it. Like, oh, this is so helpful. Thank you so much. I didn't, I don't remember anything I post even like two weeks ago, <laughs> like real talk. I, I don't, unless someone comments, I have, I don't remember anything, right? I po- post it, move, you know, engage with it a little bit usually and then move on. And so that's the other thing you have to keep in mind around the persistence part is somebody might see that content years from now and that might help them. And it, so it doesn't matter that nobody in the f- first six months of it, season. Oh, look at what Chris and Ron did. Oh, no, who cares? But like this episode in particular, 10 years from now, somebody might hear this and this might help them kind of determine what they need to do and help them decide to give back and stuff like that in their life. So when I look at putting out content, I look at where can this be seen 10 years from now, right? So I technically have an Instagram for the cyber life. I need to delete that because I don't use it. Because Instagram, like you got to invest their lives going back through stuff to try to find your content. So I focus on things like YouTube where someone can find the video because I find videos from 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, I didn't know about this or I didn't hear the song or whatever. So places like YouTube, LinkedIn, where uh, someone can kind of go through and easily find your past posts. It might take them some time to find something from 10 years ago, but, but they can at least, there's a spot they can go find that. So those are, you know, podcasts where people can go back and find it. So when I look at putting stuff out or online course platform or something, assuming they don't go out of business, I focus on platforms like that because I want someone a year from now, five years from now, 10 years, 20 years from now, maybe 30 years from now, we're probably all flying in spaceships, who knows, but I want someone to be able to find that content. I don't want to just put out content that gets lost in the shuffle just so I can say, Ooh, I've got a, a million followers or whatever. Look at me and, and take selfies and all that stuff. I, I'm not into that. It's just not me. I always think back to the, the little version of Ken, you know, I'm not saying I'm a super tall guy by any means, but uh, I'm vertically challenged for those that don't know. But the little version of Ken, which didn't really have exposure to computers growing up for the most part, except for like Oregon Trail, if you guys remember that one. But the, the little version of Ken that maybe five years after that, you know, after he got out of high school, had access, had finances, you know, was able to access computers and would find that YouTube video or find that LinkedIn post and it would impact him. So I always think back, and that's, I guess, maybe a little selfish in a way that I always think of myself in that aspect, but I always think back to that type of kid that's from kind of an underserved, underprivileged community. How can they see my content five, 10, 20 years down the line when it's the right time for them to see the content? Because a lot of times we may put stuff out and it's not the right time for everyone to see it. They have to kind of go through personal development and then they see the thing or they, or it kind of opens up an idea or or something, right? Like when I talked about that numerology book earlier, like I had bought it a year before and kind of gone through it and like nothing clicked. But then a year later, I came back to it when it was the right time. And it really helped me get a lot more clarity in my life. So another long answer there to say, 
you have to do some research to figure out what people want, what your audience might want. And, and also, if you can't think about that, think about your, your journey, right? Because there's someone else out there just like you that has those same questions and to just try to answer those initially. And then as you do that, people will say, can you put out a video on this? Can you do a video on that? I mean, that's what I did with the TV show. I said, what do you, what do people want to do? What, what do people want to see? And I did that poll. I don't know. I probably had, I can't remember. That was a while ago. So if anyone wants to dig through my post and see that, I'd, you know, feel free to let me know the real numbers, but lots of people responded and it was interviewing people in industry and then also teaching something, right. Teaching about something. And there was, you know, some people like, ah, oh, you need to go deep into hacking and all that. You know, I mean, that's a, for those that don't know, pen testing is a very subset of the industry, very minute area. There's more jobs on the, on the defensive side of things and the risk side, but long story short there, I asked people what they wanted and they told me. And so I designed the TV show around that. I said, all right, I'm going to interview people like Chris and Ron in the industry and kind of let someone that's maybe considering this as a career, see somebody that looks like them doing this or somebody with their same background or that, you know, came from the military. Again, I, I forgive Chris for going to the Marines, but any, <laughs> yeah, any, some of that came from the military, whatever, right? It gave them away. A but the long story short there is to ask people or also do some self-reflection of what were the questions that you had? Well, that's something you can create content on. Or what questions did I have last year that I answered? Or even last week? I mean, as long as you're continuously evolving yourself, you can you can ask those questions about what did I learn last week that maybe somebody else doesn't know? That's content. And I say just make a list. That's what I kind of do. I make a list of things and then I prioritize it and then I create the content based off that. When you do it that way, you also will find that you'll get ideas kind of come to you randomly and then you just throw up content on those as well. And those ones usually are the ones that take off quite a bit and get a lot of engagement. Outstanding advice for anybody out there looking to make an impact. Ken, it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. For the folks that want to stay up to date with you and all the tremendous things you have going on, what are the best ways that people can do that? Yeah, the best way to connect with me and, and really the only social media platform I'm active on is LinkedIn. That's the best way. And I try to answer everyone's messages. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can also, the CyberLife YouTube channel, which I, I do need to put a little more effort into, but I do have some videos up over there around career stuff. I will also be, so you can watch the CyberLife uh, TV show on an app called Promote Her TV. So Promote Her TV, it's a channel designed for women entrepreneurs. I do know the owners of that channel. And so I was fortunate to be able to get my show on that channel. And then another uh, thing you can do as well is I'm actually going to be a guest. I'll be a guest on Cyber Preserve. So if you go to LinkedIn and look up Cyber Preserve, uh, Asta, Sani, and uh, Saman Fatima run that. And I'll be, I'll be doing basically a QA session on cyber careers. So whatever questions you have around cybersecurity careers and jobs, and if you want the real answers, or at least my opinion, <laughs> then, then uh, be sure to come to that session and, and get your questions answered. Awesome. We'll be sure to drop all of that in the show notes to link to your site, the link to your, your TV series, and also your LinkedIn. Ken, it's always a pleasure to chat, and we'll see everyone next time. Thanks, guys. If you found value in this content, it would mean the world to us if you shared it on social media, sent it to a friend, or talked about it over coffee. Thank you.